in the prison. It's an odd uh, the prisoner podcast. Welcome to Imprisoned in Prison on uh, the Prisoner Prison Cast. I am your host, or am I, Mark well, Malik? A host. You could be halfway correct, right? Pop, pop. Or there's there's this pop, guy. Pop. I'm Matt. That's Matt. Once, once upon a time, once when you were mine, I remember skies reflected in your eyes. And between your creamy thighs, I told a lot of lies. I, that's not the next verse of the song. Okay. I'm, I thought you were making it up. No, no, that's the Moody Blues' is, uh, Your Wildest Dreams. Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> Honestly, that was the wrong title for this episode anyway. Did I say I'm Matt? Now I have. Um, it doesn't make any, well, it doesn't make any sense except for some of the things that someone yells are nursery rhyme related things. Why was this episode not called Degree Absolute? That was the working title. <laughs> the best name ever. I would have remembered the phrase last week if it were the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it, it whether this was the finale or not the finale, it would be perfect for this. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's now it's part of what. Okay, you're doing the trivia, but it's basically the yep. first part of the two part closer, but filmed way, way before. But I guess you should just do a trivia and get that done properly. Well, I didn't know that the working title is Degree Absolute, so I don't have that. So you well, helped. Okay, I trivia. helped you. I mean, that makes helped. sense, though. Why wouldn't it be the... the? I didn't really think about it, but I did definitely not expect this episode to be my favorite episode when it was called Once Upon a Time. <laughs> also, considering the last like three episodes have been like fictional works within the within the series or something, or the last two. Yeah, it's like the Mad Max one, Legends idea. But this one is called Once Upon a Time. <laughs> anyway, this episode was number six in production order. Produced Ooh. after the Chimes of Big Ben and before the Schizoid Man is next to last in every episode viewing order. Patrick Nguyen is back to direct and he wrote this episode under the pseudonym Archibald Schwartz, which he used because he was worried that the script would be ridiculed. This episode was originally planned as the season finale of the first two seasons of 13 episodes each, but when the show was reduced to one season of 17 episodes, the ending was refilmed so it would lead into the finale, making the two episodes a sort of loosely connected two-part series finale. Uh, Leo McKern returns as number two. You'll remember him from The Chimes of Big Ben. We watched that episode fifth, but it was second episode to air in the original run right after the pilot, making McCurran's appearances bookends on the series when it was aired. Uh, according to many people who worked on this episode, he and McGowan became so engrossed in their roles that they achieved near psychotic states, and production had to be halted for a while because McCurran suffered either a nervous breakdown or a heart attack, depending on who you ask. Or both. Or both. I think he just became... Crazy. Just <laughs> became crazy. We spend most of our time with him, so let's finally get to know the butler. If you haven't noticed, he's been in every episode so far, except for many happy returns, Living in Harmony, and The Girl Who Was Death, all episodes which barely take place in the village. He will be back for the finale next week as well. He's played by Angelo Muscat. He was born in Malta in 1930. He had a relatively brief but memorable acting resume, appearing in four Doctor Who episodes, a TV movie of Alice in Wonderland, Magical Mystery Tour, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He passed away from natural causes in 1977. That was his entire career, I said. Yeah, I, I saw he was making bird cages as well, ornate bird cages. He seems awesome. Anyway. Uh, oh, summary that, was that that? That's the uh, end of the trip. That's oh, it. I I think I actually have a touch more than you for once. Go um, go for it, man. Put it in. There's there was a he's credited. Um, oh geez, I I messed up my screen by bringing up the Moody Blues, but uh yeah, there was a guy who was number eighty six or something who is credited in the episode but does not appear. He ended up on the cutting room floor except for his uh name, which was oh no, that's yeah. Angelo Muscat. Um, I, 
I left him out because it didn't seem like that much of a. Oh, John Maxim. But, but uh, his name's John Maxim, which is kind of awesome. He sounds like a spy, right? John but Maxim. there also wasn't there already a number 86 who's a lady in one of those episodes? Well, there's been there's other number twos as well. So you can't really make that uh, argument. <laughs> what if what if every week they replace the number 86 and then kill them? Mm. And um, I should mention, and, and I haven't, the reason I haven't finished Alex Cock book about the prisoners because I, you know, want to wait till I watch the episodes till I read the bit, right? Mm-hmm. But um, his his thing is, no, you should watch these in production order. So in his mind, you do put this one as the sixth episode. So What? Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. I will get into it later, but let's <laughs> There's go. There's nothing crazy about this episode. Why don't you There's tell us about nothing crazy at all. There's nothing crazy about this episode. All right, the summary. A previous number two is back, and he has decided the only way to break number six is to use a technique called degree absolute. Number six is hypnotized by his bed and put into a trance-like state and is taken and locked into a chamber called the embryo room along with number two and the butler with a timer that will not release them until one week is up. Number two begins using regressive therapy to reenact scenes from number six's life with number two acting as the authority figure in each one. He keeps trying to get number six to state why he resigned with no luck. As he goes along, he discovers that number six has an aversion to saying the number six when counting, skipping from seven to five or five to seven, even when number two explicitly tells him to count even numbers. Eventually, when in a mock prison cell, number six starts to gain control of his mind and turns the tables on number two, taking control of the interrogation. Number six knows that degree absolute is a risk when the interrogator has their own issues, which number two admits he has. He gets number two into an agreeable state, who then number two gives number six a tour of the room and pours them both drinks, and number two slips out of the prison cell and locks number two in, giving the key to the butler. Number two has a panic attack and screams for six to die, and then falls over and collapses, seemingly having died himself. The supervisor shows up to tell number six that they need the body for evidence and asks number six what he wants. He replies that he wants number one, and the supervisor, butler, and number six take their leave together. Yeah, I mean, he, the supervisor just like, come with me, right? He doesn't say, I'm taking yeah. you to number one. So No, he didn't say. He says, what do you want? And he says, I want number one, and then they leave. That's It was uh, both hard and easy to summarize this, because I could have gotten a lot more detail with what everyone was screaming at each other, but I don't <laughs> think that would have been... Yeah, because there's... Uh bomber the the bomber man game that was fun yeah bomber man bomb <laughs> there's just <laughs> i have most of my notes are just things that they were yelling <laughs> i just have my notes say like five 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 six six five five jack and jill went up the hill yeah <laughs> etc so yeah so so you like the dialogue i mean um oh no this is my shit this is the this is my favorite episode i remember seeing this before and in my head, this was like the entire series. This okay. Is like what I am here for. Right. This is what you're here for. That's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Where do you want to start, though? I just, I just have like insane notes. I have five is the magic number. <laughs> number five. Number five. Number five. Revolution number five. I mean, those are my notes, right? That's not I... even in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably more screaming in this than the entire rest of the series. Yeah. You know, um, I got to say... It was a little bit shocking how much younger number six looked in this series. Like the series, it's like the U.S. president thing. Yeah, you see, like Obama after four years looks like he'd aged like twenty years. This the series almost did this to him. Right. So I'm thinking about that. I I thought it was obvious. Maybe it was obvious to me because I knew it was so far back in production order. That might have been part. I mean, I knew that, but it, I mean, it's all within a year. But yeah, you got your president factor, as you said. So, yeah, um, yeah can't dispute the president. <laughs> I'm having a look here. Yeah, the, there is the weird segment where um, number six is fully reduced. And uh, and I'm saying they're like, is this OK? <laughs> <laughs> is this oh, yeah. Answer? No, th- this is technically problematic episode but not really yeah technically i mean they they could have taken it if they took it maybe a little bit farther it would have. <laughs> I, mean, I mean quantum leap did a lot worse like 30 years later so okay mm-hmm. good point yeah 
But uh, yeah, it's like the tropical thunder line, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's that lots was of like ten years after that. I do like the number of sucker punches in this episode. That's good. There's like five <laughs> sucker punches. <laughs> <laughs> like if yeah, anyone gets confused, they just sucker punch in this episode. Like like number two or six, right? So I feel like both. I feel like if Kelsey Grammer had a one act, one man show, then it would be this. <laughs> like he'd be doing both roles, or he oh, talk- yeah. Or would he be talking to a stuffed bear, maybe? Like, the role of number six would be a stuffed bear? He'd be talking to David Hyde Pierce. (laughs) (laughs) But not the real one. It's just a uh, a, a big... (laughs) A poster. dummy. The cardboard cutout from uh, Living in Harmony. No, I want a a full plush one. I went went looking a few days ago, because I remember having a plush Roger Rabbit growing up, right? I was like, Mm -hmm. did they make plush Jessica Rabbits? Were there, like, five-year-old boys going around with their plush Jessica Rabbits? I want to say there was very little Roger Rabbit merchandise, but I might have been the wrong age. Yeah. When that came out, I was 12, and I was fully, like, I was buying CDs, not, you know, toys at that yeah, point. I guess, why did I, I guess I was slightly too old for a plush Roger Rabbit, but uh, I would have been like mm-hmm. 10, right? But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I liked Roger Rabbit. That was good. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I was just thinking about that. That came to mind without, while I was thinking about... um the tangent we were on so i guess it's hard to not to talk about this episode and end up on insane tangents <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is two people just working each other into i mean it looked like a lot of fun to do at one point patrick mcguin said this was his favorite episode of the series i don't know if that means it was his favorite one to make but mm. it probably wasn't but you know it's it looked like they were having fun in a way i, I guess he, he was had the he was doing better off like the more he got to scream and, I, and this is the most screamy episode isn't it although yes, leon sure. does a lot of it i mean he's he's yeah, definitely think, responsible for it. i guess it's like his match and screaming he does the more yeah he's trying to scream as much as number six but he like goes way overboard <laughs> like I mean, we have talked about how the, like the last few number twos seem like weirdly ineffective. You know, maybe maybe since the gold standard guy retired and it's your funeral, like all the new twos are just like shadows of themselves. That's why they have to call this guy back. Yeah, it's just um, so the last so his so the chimes of Big Ben was more about it was more about number six escaping than any kind of like actual plan. Yeah, which is kind of interesting itself. So he needs a chance to actually do his plan and he wants to go for the most yeah. hardcore plan. Yeah, it's almost like he hasn't it's like he hasn't even really had a chance to show us his stuff and now he's like I'll show you. That's kind of what I mean that's what the first 5 minutes is. That's why he's like gaslighting the the butler with uh with breakfast. Yeah, he's already losing his shit like immediately. Like he he breaks into number 6's room and is hypnotizing him with a machine and he's already like screaming nursery rhymes. While he's like <laughs> not even conscious. Well, 6 is not conscious. I thought that was part of the uh process for degree absolute. I mean, or or maybe he just wanted to do that. I don't know. Maybe he was just getting himself ready for the for a week of nursery rhymes. I assume <laughs> they, they should have been called a week of nursery rhymes. <laughs> I assume they cast McKern because of his singing career. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. It, since it was right after the last one in production order, they might have just been like, hey, you're pretty good. Just stick around for this next one. Yeah. No, I mean, are, are you recalling his singing? I barely. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, uh, sorry. I'm being, I'm being, um, it was snarky there. It's like, he's yeah, just yeah. like, like all of his singing sounds like that it's like just like full-on terrible it's great (laughs) he'd be a hit at the chuck e cheese live show (laughs) yeah he's like the guy that you have the most fun watching at karaoke even though he's not the best singer well he's the worst singer so (laughs) yeah well he might not be why didn't karaoke right yeah why didn't whole elevators ever become like more common? Those are those are great. The ones that take you down from number six to uh, number six, number two's uh, office down to the embryo level. I think because it's really easy to fall out of them. <laughs> well, right? it's like it's like a platform, and you pay and attention, you, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, it could put a little... No, I guess a railing would defeat the whole wholeness of it. <laughs> well, it's funny because I actually was playing a video game last night that had like a big giant elevator where enemies kept attacking me. I was like, oh, it's like uh, Ninja Turtles elevator. Did you fall off at some? No, it was too big for me to fall off of. I probably could have tried to fall off of it. I don't see why you didn't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if it was if it was Elden Ring, then it would be hard not to fall off of it, but they don't mm. really have elevators all that I, much. I'm still in a situation, the weird situation where I, I never did like a proper um, quarantine or lockdown where I live, but I, I I was wondering how many people's lockdowns like turned into this back in, you know, a few years ago. They just ended up <laughs> I, screaming nursery rhymes at each other. <laughs> Had to have it somewhere. <laughs> I, I thought, I really thought I was going to notice like how many... I thought it was going to be a noticeable number of my friends getting divorced, but it wasn't like it didn't really seem to go up. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Well, the one that did, that's because they were screaming nursery rhymes at each other. That's that's become their form of communication. I was with my roommate Luke a lot, but we were very nice to each other and kept each other company. No. Well, that's a different situation then. This is till death. This is till death do us part, right? He did say that a few times. I was like, "Oh yeah, they're married in this episode, aren't they?" They did till death do them part, and then you know what? He wanted a submissive relationship. He died. (laughs) Sort of. There there were several. (laughs) There were several times in this where I I wrote like, "Oh, we we just missed one of the weirder videos on Pornhub." (laughs) (laughs) Should I just upload this whole episode to Pornhub? Yeah. <laughs> See y'all. What? What's happening? Call what? it degree absolute. What's little man. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hey, you know everybody gets turned on by something. No, no, something turns on everyone. Um, no, something turns. Everything turns. Everyone on turns on someone. Yeah, that they, sounds. These that guys sounds, turn on each other. These guys turn <laughs> on each other. That's right. Okay. <laughs> that's what. That's what I'm gonna call it. Yeah, we should rewrite the script. <laughs> Oh, I don't want anything to be. The only thing that needs to be rewritten is clearly they just decided that they were just going to bring Leo McKern back and then decide he wasn't dead. <laughs> like they probably should have done a little bit of filming him not dead. Or I, it looked like his eyes were open in the end, but I wasn't sure. But yeah, they were open in the end. Um, it, it is suggested that he's off. I mean, what 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 was the deal with the last five minutes? What I mean, how does he die? Does he have like a time poison or did he just flip out or what it seemed to me like he just flipped out lost his mind and then because we've seen a couple of times i mean living in harmony the end of that where people just sort of die from where like uh, the mind games like drive them nuts instead where the woman dies because uh the kid strangles her for like a minute for like 10 seconds or something but not yeah because he's confused by the ruse the, the, the number six works it out without too without too much trouble, but yeah, the kid is is completely nuts. But he like jumps off of like he jumps off of like a six foot platform and then dies. Yeah, that really shouldn't have killed him. Uh, I mean, I guess he could land on his head, but that would that'd be difficult. It's the old. Uh, it's the whole old like they got a clad guy in the village. Bad guy dies from nothing, and the good guy can like get shot seventy times and be fine. Yeah. Sort of those rules. It's like Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, so this is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then. It could be. Okay, um, we'll find out next week, won't we? Yeah. What 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 are they doing in the uh, in sports? They got they do a bit of fencing and what else? Uh, fencing. Before the fencing, there was something else. It was anyways another sport, and I was just like sitting there, like There's, the butler hits he... him in the head with a baseball bat. Yeah, his mistake was not choosing Kosho as their as their. <laughs> oh, they didn't have school. Kosho in the embryo room. There isn't room for that, it. That's the flaw in the plan, then, isn't it? <laughs> if Kosho was in the embryo room, it would have worked. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. So they just oh, they, oh, then he's like, "Kill me with a foil." I'm like, "Can you really kill someone with a foil?" I guess I mean it would be hard. Well, to he did through. I mean, fencing weapons aren't meant to be deadly. He did a whole thing where he like used the door to pry the little tip off of the end, where it was like a stabby tip. Like yeah, you, I mean, you saw blood on him, but that light red blood that you see in yeah, the series. Okay, maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe I just don't understand the deadliness of a fencing foil. I think you have to be incredibly powerful, like a trained spy, 
mm. to be able to stab someone with a fencing foil after you've pulled the tip off of it. I guess I just didn't trust that uh, number two was going to be able to do that. Like if the tables could. were turned, maybe maybe number six could have you know had you know with all those kosher skills he could have transmuted <laughs> those into fencing skills and and done it properly we haven't really <laughs> seen number six kill anyone have we um well we see him pick up the gun pick up the gun and living yeah, in yeah, harmony yeah. right oh yeah he does kill a bunch of people in that right well in this in the dream world but i, I mean he doesn't even pick up a firearm until that episode right that's the first yeah. time he has a firearm so and now he's killing someone with his mind i guess <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> i don't think that he again it's like he's the good guy so he's not supposed to kill so basically it's like i think the idea is that number two just killed himself because he like flew too close to the sun you know it's like he he tried to he tried to outwit somebody who was so much better than him that he just died of shock but that was part of the uh the ramp up where number two keeps screaming and i'm like why won't you kill you know which mm -hmm. again leads me to think what well, maybe his intelligence role was not you know james bond or john drake spy work right because he doesn't he you know he can't be a 007 if he's not going to get his two kills right yeah maybe he's playing a character who is like Maybe it was his second day as a spy, and they were like, "You have to assassinate these people." Like the intro, we're watching his second day. He you need like, to assassinate these six people. Yeah, you need to assassinate. Yeah, you need to assassinate these Nazis. He's like, these "I won't Nazis. kill." <laughs> no, I won't do it. <laughs> and that's they're the, like they're the paperclip people that just wouldn't play along. <laughs> that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing if it turns out that he was just a spy for like one day and he quit. They're like, <laughs> they're like oh, <laughs> I am still Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Why I'm talking about the quit? paperclip people. <laughs> I don't. I know. I did not see that coming. I, I don't think number six is a is a um is a paperclip person. He's too young. No. Um, well, it showed some of this showed that he fought Germans, even though you could say that that's fabricated. You know. Right. Right. Anyway, I'll, I'll I'll buy that. I don't really need to stretch my brain too much to accept that. Um, I was saying number two, number two. Two is a terrible actor. Leo McCurran is sublime, but number two is a terrible actor. Yes. He is <laughs> way in over his head. I mean, yeah, it's like it's so fun to watch him work, but he's like terrible at what he's doing. He sh I mean, he's in the village. It's the perfect place to hold a few like improv workshops before instituting <laughs> degree absolute. <laughs> Would have done him some good. Well, you know, we have a phrase in uh, playing video games. It's called tilting. Like when you tilt, it's like when you get so angry when you're playing, like say you're playing Halo and you get killed by like some dude a bunch of times and you get more and more angry and your anger makes you worse at playing. And then it's like you go and it makes you more angry and your anger makes you worse. And then you just slide into the point where you're just completely incapable of doing anything. That's basically mm. what he's doing here. He's tilting. Well, yeah. Yeah. I guess that that is the uh, the downside of attempting degree absolute right <laughs> yeah it's like number six not only does number six lay it out for us why someone sh it's risky for someone to do it but he basically is like yeah you shouldn't be doing it yourself you have issues <laughs> he admitted he had issues yeah yeah it's like dude at least uh you know suck it up for a bit you only got five minutes right Nah, i guess he had 20 minutes by that no i guess that was about the five minute mark yeah okay Again, the time the, the ticking clock in this episode makes zero sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I want to say the last five minutes take like 30 seconds, but then I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I, I when he's counting down because the um, the climatic dialogue of this episode, of course, is just 55, <laughs> 54, and I'm like, <laughs> the clock is just a red slowly. circle. Yeah, that, that, I, it seems like the red circle's like in the same spot when they lock it. It's like when it's finished too. It doesn't seem like the red circle moved. I thought the red circle was going to move or something, you know? Or they no. just forgot to set it in the opening scene with of the embryo. I mean, the only rational explanation is that number six set the clock himself, so he knows exactly how slow it goes. And, and it's not like we're ripping apart this episode. Once you set the entire thing in a room this weird, you have to consider all the weird things in the room. Let's, let's no, think of the, the embryo rooms, forms of transportation, for example. 
there's that scooter that you keep in a, i mean you don't need that in that room at all you could you could just walk over there it's not a big deal yeah, it's it's an immersive experience it's like you know you don't technically need the people movers on those disney rides like you could probably just walk through most of that stuff but it's like right. you're getting immersed you're being taken for and your scooter ride through the magic world of peter pan or whatever Okay, and then I wrote. It's a bad flight. example since you have to fly through that, but you know, well, this well, is no, one of us. You get to fly through this. They had Flight Simulator 1967. <laughs> That's true. A wooden plank and a a front and the, a projected image of something. I mean, clearly the the conceit is that number six was so like completely destroyed mentally that he believed all that stuff was real, which. It seems like there are other times in the series where they really could have used that to their advantage, and I can't. I can't think of specific instances off the top of my head, but yeah, so, this, I mean, this, the embryo room would make a great, the prisoner theme park attraction, right? Hell, they yeah, can put this sure. into Port Melian, you know, the prisoner experience where you, you go <laughs> down an elevator and then a man screams at you and like <laughs> pretends to be the judge sentencing in, you to in a bizarre court. room. So I sentence you to court. No contempt. I think is what you're looking for. <laughs> contempt. Yes. <laughs> no. The judge sentences you to court, and then you go to court, and then another judge sentences you in the court. The contempt. You're sentenced. Contempt you're sentenced court. to court. You were sentenced <laughs> to go to court first. Okay. That's how this, this system works. But this is a court. Okay. That is how the system works. <laughs> Order in the court. I'll have ham and cheese. And I. What is? What was with the kitchen and like this? Yeah, they had like their little themed restaurant in there, which. And then that that would didn't make sense. I mean, <laughs> they're already locked I, in. They why they need another cage? I guess. I mean, they do for the plot in the end. But I I I think this is a little bit of a diversion. But my favorite thing probably about the episode is that there were all these times when he was trying to get him to say the number six, and then he wouldn't, and then he made number two completely lose his mind where <laughs> he's like count down even numbers uh, uh he was like count even numbers two four five <laughs> he's like six five yeah my my, like, my note there is all caps there are five even numbers <laughs> <laughs> it's just the idea of someone just screaming that five is is an even number is really hilarious to me <laughs> Well, that's the whole thing. Uh, it's a battle of will. So if you you if your will is that strong, even if you're blatantly wrong, right? <laughs> but it's like I I still feel like I need an explanation why the number six is that important. I I like my my you have to assassinate six people. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I don't. I mean, we only got one episode left, which I've seen somewhere in the past, but I I don't remember details. So. We may get to it, and I'll be like, "Oh, I did see this. I don't remember seeing it." I think maybe I showed you this in the final episode at some point, just like to try and like screw up your mind. I don't. That would have made sense. Like I would have skipped you straight to the end of the prisoner just to like. I don't feel like I would have let you do that because I don't like spoilers. Okay, <laughs> you know, I did I've never like spoilers. I did that to somebody. It might have been Scott. Then, but yeah. Mm -hmm okay um, well also and i don't like spoilers and also like if it's like a short series like this i'd probably be like oh, i'll just watch all of it if it's good like yeah. it'd be like show me the first episode yeah but if i were like like intentionally trying to like play a prisoner style mind game on you i would have like maybe not explained what was happening and just put this on you know <laughs> I, I do actually have friends who were going to watch along with us and they tapped out because they couldn't handle like how old and British this was. And I am going to message them, be like, "Hey, watch this one." <laughs> yeah, maybe work it out there. I mean, I, that I, I'm not. This might be the best place to start with the prisoner. I mean, it's not like anything's particularly spoiled, you know. It yeah, was the only thing is the ending. And the, yeah, but even then, it, I mean, that doesn't spoil anything. You just, you know, well, it doesn't. But it's like if you watch. If you watch this without watching the last episode after it, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because it's like, so, yeah, so, take, they leave. I guess you so could should, assume the supervisor ignored his request to see number one and then just. So this <clears> could <throat> be episode one and 17 in your viewing order, bumping Fallout to 18. So you have 18 in your viewing order now because you put this first. You but could you refresh yourself before getting to the end. 
You watch this one first, then you watch Fallout, then you watch the rest of the series in order. No, no, you skip Fallout. You just watch this one, yeah. and then you go back to the beginning. What you do is, what you do is put an interstitial in there that says, "I remember what it was like when I first got to the village," and then you watch the rest of the series and then Fallout. No, sorry, nine, 19 episode order. You watch this first. You watch yeah. it again in position seven, which used to be position six in production order. But since you're watching this one first, it gets bumped to seven. And then you watch it again at number 18. This is the 18th episode you watch. And then Fallout mm. becomes a 19th. So in this viewing order, you have to watch this episode three times. What if you watch half of it and then watch the other half of it at the end? No. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where, didn't we talk on a previous episode about making like a random like generator taking each of these into each okay. ep prisoner episode into different commercial break segments and then making a generator to randomize all of them oh oh okay i think i was suggesting that more with the 66 batman but i guess that could be funny here i was just saying you hmm. random number random order number generator i can't put those words together the um the episodes themselves not the scenes although that could be fun too if you just want to confuse people <laughs> I bet you would at some point think the 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 goal is to watch long enough that you are tricked into thinking that something that two things go together, like you'll just enter a trance like state after like three or four hours. Little Jack Horner ordered his episodes <laughs> all into an episode pie. End <laughs> off with the races. Sorry, I just thought Humpty Dumpty <laughs> fell down and. And all of his episodes were all around. Hmm. I just thought it needed to de-evolve into that sort of conversation at some point. <laughs> I definitely consider just coming into this episode of the podcast just screaming things at you, but I decided <laughs> not to. <laughs> okay, well, 30-whatever minutes, and I, I decided to take that route as well. So, hmm. 30 minutes? 29 minutes? <laughs> 28 minutes? This is only a 28-minute podcast. 27 minutes? It's only 27 minutes. There are. What is no a minute? Where are your minutes? There's Where's no your clock? Larger than twenty-eight. Where is your the clock? largest number? <laughs> Why am I? <laughs> I can't do it without laughing. That's the problem. <laughs> I wonder if they broke laughing a bunch when they were filming this, or if they. I guess they probably were consummate actors and took it really seriously. And I guess it's how, if if they're into the method or not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how much how method you can be if you've done like five spy shows. Like you'd probably just slip into it yeah i mean he mistakes number two for the director because he starts strangling him <laughs> no i am yeah. the director i am the director he is the director yeah he's the director he's number one the director i feel like didn't i see direct by david tomblin though on this one sorry i'm just having a maybe my brain um, is exploding on its own there was on wikipedia it said that this was written by Some somebody dude. different uh, it says it was no weird. It was like not in the actual Wikipedia page, but in the um, page with all the episodes on them. It said it was written by the guy who wrote. Do 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 do. I don't remember <laughs> the do, two do, other do, episodes. It was a guy who wrote. It was a guy who wrote the Chimes of Big Ben. Okay. Oh, they just kept him around for two episodes, and then yeah, just no, know, but they Mark, didn't. Mark I think Steen's it was a mistake. Name on this episode again was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, by this, this point, he was just like enraged somewhere in the. I, I guess this is that thing where Ragoon did have enough presence of mind to be like, it probably doesn't look good if I'm like Orson Welling all of these episodes, even though I am. <laughs> you know, what, what is going on? Starring and directed by. I think I've lost either I've lost my mind or the Wikipedia page changed while we were doing this episode. Why? What do you see now? Because now it says. Um, do 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 do. That's not I what am, it says. Uh, having a problem with this. <laughs> I'm having issues. I'm having issues. He's now it says issues. Patrick McGowan wrote it on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Somebody it wrote it for sure. Well, yep, somebody did. Somebody made this episode. That's for sure. I was thinking. That is when, true. I was thinking one of the other Black Room '60s. Uh, episodes which i guess there's a lot of those the first one i think of is um star trek the empath which is one of the uh, one of the few tos episodes i've never made it through that one that one commits the sin of being boring i think and their black room is like too boring 
Does it have a horny beta Z in it? I don't think it's a beta Z, but yeah, something like There's that. There's your problem. What has it's called weird... the empath that has to have a horny beta Z, beta Zoid, beta Zoid. It's Kirk, Spock, and McCoy stuck in a room with some lady who's like mute or something because and she's an empath and mm-hmm. it's season three so and it, and it's oh. i mean it could have tilted so easily into being like wacky fun season three but it just it's too boring to do that this this is what i want from that episode right yeah this is i don't think i've seen episode. all i don't think i've seen all of season three actually that's like my secret shame have you seen the space hippies probably is that what it's called this way to Eden is the name of the episode. Yeah, I have seen Space Hippies. Okay, that that one's that one's fantastic. Um. <laughs> well, the thing is, when I sat down to rewatch all of the original series and all of Next Generation, I decided I would alternate episodes, oh, which is actually idea. a way. That was a, the worst idea because it makes <laughs> you insane. Because since Next Generation was written during a writer's strike, they were reusing original scripts, so. <laughs> It's like you end up watching The Naked Now right after you watch The Naked... What was it? The Naked Truth? Naked Naked Time? time. Naked Time. (laughs) Yeah. So you're watching like a worse version of an older episode right after... It was just mind-destroying. Anyway, I had burned out and just stopped watching both of them after the second season. See, that's what number two should have done this episode. He should have had number six watch alternating series of star treks to confuse him <laughs> did star trek did star trek air already at this point or did it come out yeah, after it was, it was it was i mean i don't know early 68 see i don't know how much these guys knew about star trek but it, it's all concurrent i mean the styles of the time would be in both right so i like to imagine that people in britain like didn't watch anything but bbc ever and it's like the mm-hmm. It's like communism. They just like are not aware of American television. Not the BBC. Pish posh. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, this is better than almost every American TV series that exists. So, <laughs> can't really complain. I mean, there's plenty of BBC stuff where I'm like, well, this is kind of the best thing. Like, basically, BBC and in my brain, it's BBC inspired HBO and HBO BBC inspired. two, BBC yeah. four, BBC five. Uh, it's channel four it's not bbc four <laughs> right i don't know i think it's what called channel four because there's that song where austin powers is singing all the bbc's but i mean he's canadian so what does he know <laughs> yeah i'm i've just pretty much decided that i'm gonna rewatch all of absolutely fabulous pretty soon okay sure why not <laughs> so that can be our next podcast absolutely podcast um so I guess you know, like, I, I like to get into like what is the mind game, but it's, I guess it's clear in this one. It's degree absolute. What is it's, degree absolute? <laughs> it's a named mind game. I mean, it's this is sort of a mishmash of regression therapy and uh, insanity. God, what do you? I feel like there's a word for. I was thinking about this while I was watching, and I'm like, is there? There's just a word for like saying, yelling things at someone over and over to try and break them, but it's, that's like psychic driving. So is that what psychic driving is? I feel like we brought that up so much and I don't understand it. But that's that's but psychic driving is more of like a repeating it like in a monotone over and over for twelve hours, right? With like an induced coma. And if you're it's not a man yelling months. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like a man yelling at you. Well, what this reminds me of the most. I mean reminds me of but it came much later is the scene from the matrix where agent smith is like i must get out of the matrix like this feels like basically number two has a big like i must get out of the matrix vibes yeah well you would at least get out of the village Um, you must give me the codes to the village (laughs) (laughs) but you Um, should have the codes to the village it's just very it feels just very schizophrenic it feels like the type of thing that it feels like watching too many commercials it's like over it's like programming right that's what it feels oh, yeah. like <laughs> i think programming is supposed to be the things between the commercials but i mean programming i think we have a programming issue now that's not even being addressed because we have things like what what is 5g 5g barely even is a is a set thing that exists but it's a thing that people have latched on to and blamed a whole lot of things on and it's yo, just yo, it's because 5g but it's like that's just the thing all 5g ever was was just a marketing term but it's like 
finally people have had so many marketing terms that they're like no this marketing term is evil you know it's <laughs> like it's making the frogs gay or whatever the hell people think I, I mean i think there's a certain thing to you know like some people being more electromagnetically sensitive like i usually keep my bluetooth off because i feel like kind of gnarly if it's on and i i was i was on the phone i realized i was feeling real crap and i realized i was staying in a street between like a solar power station and like a transformer junction i was like oh and then i walked away and i was like oh i feel much better so yeah i mean but the thing is there's bluetooth kind of everywhere and yeah, 5g is not but 5g isn't a different technology it's basically the same technology that regular wi-fi uses yeah so yeah it's like i'm not saying that necessarily radioactive signals are are good and I certainly am not no authority. Think, electromagnetic have, Yeah, I don't think they have radiation. Radio signals. Radio they have radiation now. They've added the radiation. Yeah. That's but basically, what uh, I'm saying is that 5G is basically the same frequency that like most Wi-Fi operates at in your home. So it's right. not like a particularly different thing. Yeah. I just I'm, I'm just being the skeptic. Uh, yeah. here and being like oh i've had situations personally where sometimes the you know i'll turn stuff off and then suddenly like feel better so i want maybe i am yeah. sensitive to that sort of thing you know well it's yeah i'm not even trying to discount that i'm just saying that 5g specifically is mm. not somehow like more dangerous than 4g or 3g it's pretty much the same all the same crap right They're right bluetooth well right like, uh, uh, and i can also sometimes um sense here i don't know those uh, you know those invisible dog fences the sonic dog fences mm. interesting i i like sometimes when i walk by houses i'm like wow and i think that's what I'm, I'm getting like a signal from that or something so i have to stay at their house oh yeah you should stay at their house turns into this stay inside stay inside the fence we end up screaming or yeah. rhymes to each other um. but yeah but but what i was i wasn't really referring to the technology itself but it's just the fact that like it's a marketing term and that people have latched onto this marketing term as this is the bad marketing term sort of like a, a more a more frivolous example is like um brominated vegetable oil when it was like that was used in a lot of uh drinks that was somebody like some blogger called like food babe or something latched onto that is some kind of huge problem but it's like it's basically vegetable oil I don't know. Someone's going to get mad at me for saying all this stuff. It's like, or, or the KFC double down. That's like the, the dumbest example of this. Is They're that, bringing it back. Yeah, KFC double down. People flipped out about it because it's two chicken patties together, right? Without Yeah, we, yeah, we, were, we were laughing at it uh, when it came yeah. out. So, yeah. Yeah, or the, the burger on a donut. Like It's like you could eat a burger and then eat a donut when you're done and no one would blink an eye at you i it's i'm of the mind that if pizza came out today people would like be freaked out by it like, okay well you put all that stuff on a you you have to take a bread and then put a put, cheese and a tomato on a bread yeah what is this you're disgusting <laughs> it's a disgusting you disgust slurry me with your pizza <laughs> you make me sick it's a scandal yeah. like some kind of wait no let's not say that <laughs> um <laughs> I had this Basically. hamburger last week and it had like 12 layers. I, I ended up eating it like a five-year-old. Wow. It was like a regression therapy, I guess. My that wife doesn't look like it has a ton of beef on it, though. It, so it, it probably does. Good. It's a big it burger. It's a large burger. Uh, I guess I just, uh, it was like an optical illusion. It was a pretty insane thing to eat. Somehow my wife was able to just pick it up and eat it. I don't know how she managed that, but uh, I was hmm. sitting there like, should am I going to make a hamburger salad out of this? Am I just going to like mash it all up? You know, and, I, uh, eat it like yeah. a salad. Is hamburger hate, salad like okay? Is that is that probably? Yeah. I mean, it depends. It depends on Japanese culture, probably, right? Taco salad works fine. Would someone freak out if they saw you like disassembling a thing? Like, I know people who are kind of snotty about eating a pizza with a pizza slice with a knife and fork. That that's what okay, whatever. <laughs> Some <laughs> people makes... are like that, but what I'm saying is that I think as our society has suffered through so much so many commercials collectively <laughs> that we are getting to the point where catchphrases that are meant to market things to us are being used seized upon and then used 
as political like, this opinions. is bad. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, yeah. Misinformed political opinions. It's like, so maybe um, if, if they're, if, if they have those, you know, the next big protest for, for someone like your Trump or whatever, you could have a bunch of protesters in the screen, street just screaming, I'm loving it. And like, <laughs> no one even knows what they're trying to protest. <laughs> yeah. And then basically immediately the left gets, I'm not loving it. And then the, the left shows up, step into a Slim Jim. <laughs> and then and the right is like, Slim Jim is, yeah, it's like the woke, people saying woke is broke. Like nobody knows what woke is. It's just really just insane. That would be the new version of, of this episode, just screaming like well-known catchphrases at each other instead of nursery <laughs> rhymes. That would be the, I've... I hope they, maybe we have to find out if they did that for the Prisoner remake. I'm sure they didn't because I'm not sure they didn't. Who knows? <laughs> now i'm now i'm trying to remember something i mean there definitely has been something where i've seen where like a insane deranged man keeps screaming catch like commercial phrases and i can't or i don't know weird al's character from transformers the movie didn't he say a bunch of commercials sure well yeah, they're rent for weird 1995 al. yeah you know weird when al he was, was wrong oh no weird al was that played that character later i messed up eric okay. idol okay um oh With i have my, that my brain is sk skipping <laughs> Are all over the place. There's Bumblebee. Yeah, I guess Bumblebee kind of was Rekgar, wasn't he? I mean, he's not trying to drive people insane like in this episode, but well, he's totally sane. He's just be being used as a plot device he's so that damaged, the people right? writing the script don't have to write his character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that way you don't have to like just like shoehorn your your cultural references and you just well that's what bumblebee has yeah. to do yeah when that movie plays in china they just put chinese commercials in his mouth uh, he's the but he's the butler basically he's a mime he's the butler bumblebee is the butler that's the um the thesis statement of this episode okay yeah that makes sense he is the smaller transformer isn't he or he true indeed in, in the movie is he he's about the same size in the movie isn't he I think he's shorter than Optimus Prime, but not like, not as short like as like the, the, he's not as short as like the racist ones. Okay. I think they're shorter. Yeah. Aren't they like almost human size or something? They're like 12 feet tall, but then I think it takes two of them to turn into a tow truck so they could okay. repossess cars because they're racist. Because you could, you could almost get, get eye to eye with a 12 year old, um, 12 year old, 12 foot high robot, I guess. I don't know what whatever happens on Transformers. The ride Optimus gets way up in your face. You know, it's like everything is Optimus's face uh, telling telling you, um, um, you've saved you've saved the planet or whatever. Optimus is just your father figure. He's like he's like when you're a child, your father seems like he's you know three stories tall, and that's what Optimus Prime is. He's the you know. The father is the model for God, and then God is the model for Optimus Prime. Okay. Uh, Santa is in there somewhere. I think he's between God and No, you should flip father. that. Optimus Prime is the model for God. Optimus <laughs> Prime is the model for God. Yeah, that's the whole thing, is that you embrace Optimus Prime when you're a child so that you can transition to embracing God as an adult. Okay. I think we've uh, been reborn then. Degree died for finished. your sins, didn't yeah. he? I, yeah, I think we've worked it out. Okay. Um... <laughs> anyway um any final thoughts on this episode Other no i just that's just that optimus prime is the model for god that's how i've been reborn today <laughs> do you uh is is this this is my favorite episode of the series this is your favorite episode of the series what is what's your favorite so far i like this one quite well i think i'm sticking by it's your funeral just for having everything and and more of the village it is nice to you know kind of ramble around yeah. the village some I did really kind of feel that like absence a couple of times. I, I was you have I, in several episodes now, so <laughs> yeah. I also for a while I think I was just thinking to myself, man, this would be perfect if it was just in the village. Mm. I mean, it, I mean, it really this, could have been. This episode is all in the village. It's I mean, just it in the embryo room doesn't have the village. The, set design i mean they could have done that i think it's just a matter of that they probably filmed it on a soundstage i have no idea oh uh, they did that was <laughs> that was not in my uh trivia but clearly filmed on a soundstage in london yeah <laughs> gotta um, save that money i guess we'll wind this one down then so this podcast is uh, what is it on in prison in prison what is that is that what it is on twitter and facebook oh the prisoner uh, pod 
That's what it is. Okay. On See? Twitter and Facebook. Who I asked. Yeah. Yup. And then on Patreon is Podcastio Podcastius, Podcastius, where you can support us. And we do other podcasts where we talk about the best movies and the worst movies alternatingly, like Star Trek episodes on on films and filth. That that reference just made it more confusing. That's why Twilight. No, they, on, we, on we alternate good and bad movies. Like I alternated good and bad Star Trek. There, there, there. You made a <laughs> you made a simile. That's why I tried to do it as a metaphor, and it needed to be uh, a simile. Okay, you just uh, take the like out. <laughs> the Twilight Zone is um, time enough podcast. We talk about that. There's some video games. Luke loves Pokemon. Hyrule Field Report for Zelda stuff. And the game game show for game game show stuff. I said it slightly differently. So we're not stuff every time. It's stuff and now. things. Okay, I um, only got five minutes left, man. So I gotta get yeah. moving. Yep, time five to minutes, go. Five minutes. Ah, five. Five. Miss Muffet. Thirty six. <laughs> Jack Pop. Horner. Twenty two. Pop. Pop. Six. Six. Pop. Pop. Six.